This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle's all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And we love talking about sex and sexuality and sexual pleasure. And we hope our discussions will open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we deserve it. We sure do. So we're proud to be supporters of the sexual freedom movement, and we believe that it's so important to accept and respect other people's choices about sexuality, because when our minds are opened up to all the different options out there, we're better equipped to make choices that help us enjoy our couple and our relationship to the fullest. So, are you stuck in a stale marriage, wondering what you can do to spice it up, get the sexy back, and then keep it sexy? Well, we have good news for you. It's never too late. The sexologist, Stephanie Threadgill from the Sex Therapy Institute, will join us shortly to discuss all the different ways to strengthen your couple by focusing on sexuality and integration of body and mind to achieve physical and emotional balance. Yep. And uh, before we get going, we just want to give a quick shout out to our friends at the Lux Social Club in Chicago. Yeah, earlier today we were chatting with Ronnie. She runs the club and uh, we were talking about our upcoming trip Saturday, October 21st. And we're going to be there broadcasting our shows. Right. We're going to be broadcasting live from the Lux Social Club in Chicago on October 21st. And we'll have a lot more about that later on. So join us for another amazing lifestyle event. So on today's show, The Sexologist, we're going to be talking about how to get the sexy and the sex back into your relationship and keep it there. But before we introduce Stephanie, we have a great story to tell you about our friends, a couple who have worked on getting the sexy back into their relationship and ended up at a swingers party. And had the time of their lives. Ah, You gave it away the ending. That's okay. Let's tell the story. We can tell the story and we can also say that it was at our swingers party. Mm -hmm. Was a lot of fun. So, you know, we often meet couples in the lifestyle whose sex life had dwindled after having kids or the busyness of life had taken over their relationship. But at some point, they realized it's time to get the passion and sex back that they used to have earlier on in their relationship. Yeah, and usually the first thing on that agenda is for her to feel sexy again. She needs to recoup that sexiness that she felt in the past before her maternal instincts took over. It's hard feeling sexy when you have kids hanging off your tits. Believe me, I know. I've been there. I've got three of my own. I, I know that, but right now it's it's like sexy when like I'm on your tits. Oh yes, You're, you know how spectacular oh, yes. they are. And my today today we're not broadcasting naked, but we've done that before. My tits are all for you, honey. all for me, absolutely, yes. and that's the way I like it. So this story is about our friends who I guess they were vanilla, <laughs> but they're not anymore. And let's call them Jen and Ben. 
and they're in their mid-30s, and they had a similar lull in their passion while the kids were small and work took over. But recently, sort of like in the last year, they made a conscious choice that they wanted to get their sexy back. Yeah, and it was great that they opened up to us. They shared some of their ideas about how they were planning to rekindle the spark. Like, you know, they wanted to spend more time with sexy friends, that they like to go out and party and dance, and their goal was to get out and live sexier. Yeah, like we say, spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. And you know what? Um, when you take those bits and pieces of that, it definitely helps. Sure. So Jen and Ben uh, planned a couple of adults-only weekends away, um, a trip to the Caribbean, just the two of them spending time alone without the kids. And, you know, when you go away without the kids, it's a great way to reconnect as a couple. And you get to add that passion and You know, it wasn't just getting away that helped them add the passion, but planning all that sexy trip together, doing the shopping, talking about it, buying the sexy new outfits and bikinis, um, just created that whole experience together. Sure did. And then they asked us a lot of questions about what we do to keep the sexy spark in our relationship. You know, they know we're swingers, as most people do. We're out. Uh, We're not hiding anything. And we do lots of sexy, fun things together. So at some point, they asked us for the down and dirty about what swinger parties were all alike. And we actually had fun telling them lots of stories about us and what we've done and what we've seen and done. Absolutely. Really, it's been fun. And we actually told them, just go listen to a bunch of our shows <laughs> because we talk about it all the time. And even though, you know, the show The Sexy Lifestyle is for all couples out there, we do put a little swinger twist onto everything. So after lots of conversations with Jen and Ben over, you know, the last year, we went out for dinner, we went out for drinks, we did all that stuff with them listening. And you know what? They asked so many great qu- questions. It was getting more and more clear that they wanted to experience even more. So You know, Jen and Ben, in our opinion, were becoming less vanilla and more convertibles. That transition from vanilla to the lifestyle, we made that word up, convertibles, and we love it. (laughs) So just to be clear of all this, you know, we're not the ones encouraging people to join the lifestyle or become swingers. But once a couple decides to try it, we're more than happy to guide them, to help them understand the ins and outs fun intended, of the lifestyle, so they have a wonderful and positive first experience. For sure. So in this case, Jen and Ben were at the point where they wanted to try something really sexy. Jen wanted to experience that lifestyle party, you know, and she she made it very clear that she didn't necessarily want to play with other couples, but she just wanted to be there and watch or perhaps kiss another girl, which is where things start a a lot of times. And, you know, she even said maybe she was going to get naked, but just fuck Ben, you know, while other couples were playing at the party. You know, sort of like watching live porn. Yeah, absolutely. That's very hot. So a couple of weeks ago, we hosted a house party and we invited them to join. With five other couples. Right. Now, I decided it was best to invite Jen personally. It's always better that the girls make the plans together. And she said yes. Yeah, she absolutely said yes. But, you know, um, we wanted to make sure that she had a great experience. So we spoke to all the other couples and told them about the situation, that there was a vanilla couple who were very open-minded, who were coming to the party, and they just wanted to get a taste of the lifestyle. And everybody was so cool with it because, of course, you know, we were all newbies at one point in our lifestyle. Yes. And so that week leading up to the party, Jen had lots of questions for me, and she was definitely a little bit nervous. And it was important for Jen to feel comfortable with the situation, so I told her to make sure that her and Ben were on the same page, that they discussed all their limits, and that they had, they had at any time, they could just leave if they wanted. they just excuse themselves and disappear, and nobody would even 
notice. So right. we gave them the out if it didn't work out for them. Yep. And it, it was it really soothed her to know that it was okay to just step out. So Jen and Ben during that week spent hours and hours talking and discussing about things they had never spoken about before. And they'd been together for 10 years. And Ben Yen mentioned that it was so amazing to get to know another side of Jen, a naughty, sexy side. And like I said, They'd been together 10 years and they'd never explored or spoken about this stuff. So the communication was amazing. Yeah, and that's very, very important. And, you know, they talked about their expectations and their limits. And they seemed to want to cross that line. The party started on that Saturday afternoon out by the pool. So all our guests had arrived except for Jen and Ben. And that's when I got a text saying that they were running late. Hmm, they were running late. Mm-hmm. Now we're thinking that she's having second thoughts, which I guess was okay. You know, if you're not ready or you're not sure, it, it's okay to change your mind and not put yourself in a situation that you're not comfortable with. However, to our delight, they showed up But when they got there, Jen still had more questions. So we know in the lifestyle that people are absolutely amazing. So a few of the girls huddled together with Jen and, of course, a bottle of wine. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, what we explained. So first of all, she explained that she was nervous because she wasn't sure what was going to happen. So we took our time and we explained to her what could happen. And it's up to her. So after chatting with some of the girls, it didn't take very long for her to socialize with the other couples who she'd never met before. Uh, Of course. She'd never met our swinger friends, so this was a new situation for her. And they all made her and Ben feel very, very welcome. So that was all great. And we had a dinner, which sort of prolonged it a little bit, and she got a chance to talk more. And the conversation was fun. And then we took the party down to the playroom. Yep. And Jen had lots of open discussions with all the other girls who were very understanding about the questions and answering them all. And after all the talking, she was assured, and everybody assured her, that you know, she can go at her own pace and do as much or as little as she wanted to do. So I was the first one to get naked, always, which is usual. Always. Carol That's loves me. Party starts down. when I get naked. Yeah. That's all good. And then when we got started, uh, you know, at first, you know, Jen and Ben were watching for a little while. And then... Jen eased into it with a couple of the girls while Ben watched, which was, you know, that's what we had, they had discussed. That's all great. But it didn't take long until she was the center of a huge daisy chain of girl on girl on Jen. On girl on girl on Jen. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was so hot. It yeah. was so fucking hot <laughs> and sexy seeing how all the girls were gentle and were going at Jen's pace, initiating her slowly into the lifestyle. All in all, it was a very, very sexy experience for everyone, but especially for Jen, who in the end said she was like on cloud nine because she'd never experienced something like this before. So that's been a few weeks now since that party. And although I haven't had a chance to sit down with Jen, David has spoken extensively with Ben, who commented on how the party had created some incredible conversations and amazing sex just between the two of them. They had such a positive experience that now they want to try something new, another lifestyle party or event. Yeah. And, you know, we had previously mentioned to Jen and Ben how the lifestyle makes our couple stronger. However, at the time, over the last year, I'm not quite sure they actually got it. But now, after experiencing our party and the great people, they've admitted that they now understand exactly what we meant when we said that the lifestyle makes our couple stronger. And now they get it. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're very excited to introduce today's guest, 
Stephanie Threadgill, founder of the Sex Therapy Institute, which is all about integrating a healthy mind and body. As a sex therapist and a sexologist, she's committed to empowering her patients to uncover their best sexual health. She sure is. And Stephanie's therapeutic approach is holistic, mindful of issues that can affect sexual function and pleasure. Her multifaceted and creative treatment options are developed to help clients reclaim pleasure and intimacy. Stephanie, welcome and thanks for joining us on The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. Thank you for making time in your busy day. Now, before we get going, you know, it's a big, big uh, step out there to call yourself the sexologist. So tell us a little bit about your brand and uh, that brings the healthy lifestyle and sex together. So... I started noticing that in the social media world, in the blogs and blogs out there, there were all these lifestyle blogs that addressed fashion, beauty, relationships, work, but sex was often missing. Um, I haven't yet found one that included sex specifically. And on the sex blogs, it was more about repertoire, tips, techniques versus uh, any kind of lifestyle. Um, and how that is infused in people's lifestyles. So I came up with, you know, like, how are you living day to day? It's really uh, sexuality is ubiquitous in everything that we do, uh, from what we talk about with our partner to how much eye contact we have, what we wear, how we move, our nonverbals. So I started thinking about, you know, the idea of what we focus on grows. So if we think more about sex, perhaps we look for the sexiness of things, uh, we can infuse sexiness within our our daily lives. That, that's very, very cool. Now, what is the actual primary objective of the sexual, the, sorry, the Sex Therapy Institute? Uh, the Sex Therapy Institute is my private practice. Uh, I provide uh, sex therapy for individuals and couples. It's, it's separate from my brand in the sense that it is my clinical private practice, but I fuse the two. So any patients that I see, they are often watching my videos on YouTube and Instagram and get the same you know, messages as well. Um, but that is specifically my, my private practice. The sexologist was created with the goal in mind to reach people that won't end up on my couch, whether uh-huh. it's because they don't know that sex therapy exists or that it's misunderstood what it is. Maybe they can't afford it um, or they just feel uncomfortable about talking about sex. Right. So cool. Or maybe even they're not in your area and they don't think that sure. they can reach out to you specifically. Now, who is your typical client? What do you focus on? I tend to see, I would say 95% of the inquiries that I receive are from individual men. I find oh, men. that um, they have uh, less resources, they have less support. Uh, they don't tend to talk to their, their buddies about any sexual functioning. They tend to over-report rather than under-report, as women do in sex research. They are also problem solvers, so most of the time, by the time they've come to me, they've tried everything. They've gone to the doctor, maybe they, the doctors didn't have very much time to spend, you know, in their busy schedules. They've tried everything from the internet, and if a little is good, a lot is better. I find that they're the ones that reach out the more often than not. Um, I think it also has to do with the fact that women um, in our culture, especially where, where I'm located in, in Dallas, Texas, it's very sex negative. Um, so women are more likely to sit on a girlfriend's couch with a glass of wine and talk about taking one for the team tonight or, you know, I, I have no sex drive and it being normalized among girlfriends. So you're more like the bartenders for the guys that don't go to the bar and start telling all <laughs> right, their sex stories. Right. Although I'm, I'm also a systemic, you know, marriage and family therapy is, is my licensure, my training. So 
I always encourage the partner to come in. So it ends up being probably like 60, 40 individual men and then couples. Now, Stephanie, you're, you're just talking about how there's so much information out there on the internet that, you know, some guys, they're a little shy or they're, they're too macho and they don't want to come and ask for help. How often is it that, you know, guys come in or couples come in and guys say, well, you know, I read this and I was told this and I read this article and you're like, bud, you know, let's talk (laughs) about the real stuff. How much misinformation is out there and how important is it for people to actually talk to a professional like yourself? Sure, it's vast. There's so much misinformation out there that creates a lot of sexual anxiety and insecurity um, in men and women. But specifically, men, they'll come in, uh, they've read something in a magazine or, seen, or Googled something. Uh, one of them was, women need 40 minutes of penetration to orgasm. Oh, and, my God. Right. <laughs> and I think the, the fact was mixed up in that women, sometimes it might take 20 to 40 minutes for arousal to right. reach a level of orgasm, right? So it could be also reader error, but a lot of the misinformation is out there, you know, bigger is better, you know, all the cultural myths. That lubrication and wetness is a sign of desire. Erection is a sign of desire. Uh, so there's just a lot of not only cultural myths, but then things that are written, that resources that people go to that they're misinformed. So these male clients that come to you, it's mostly because they're not happy with their sex life. Is that what I'm understanding? I would say it's a mix. I see um, quite, uh, I would say probably... Um, 60, 40 um, unhappy with their sex lives and a sexual functioning issue, which uh, often is a result of an unhappy sex life. Okay. Or constant rejection. Now, when we spoke briefly earlier a couple weeks ago, you talked about this beyond vanilla. Now, Mm -hmm. what is your take on the swinging lifestyle? My take on the swinging lifestyle is I'm a a kink-knowledgeable professional. And so I attended the, the Beyond Vanilla conference because I wanted to let them know that I am a resource in that community. Um, it's basically kink event in Dallas. that They provide different workshops on different alternative lifestyles. Um, and it's just a really great opportunity for the public and anyone who wants to, who's curious about the lifestyle or uh, wants to get accurate information can come in and see it for themselves. There are lots of live demos and things like that. And so do you have some clients who are swingers or in the lifestyle in some way? I do. And I also have uh, a lot of couples that are one partner wants to be in the lifestyle and the other one doesn't, or they're both considering it, but they haven't quite got there yet. So it's a topic I explore quite often in my, in my practice. Fantastic. Oh, and you know, great. you can always use us as a reference uh, with respect <laughs> to uh, what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> right. All right. Well, just hang on there for a sec. We're going to remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. Today, we're talking with the sexologist, Stephanie Threadgill, from the Sex Therapy Institute. Now, a short word from our sponsor. And we, when we come back, we're going to get into how to keep your relationship sexy and intimate. This segment is sponsored by the STC Cruise Caribbean Dreams, leaving Puerto Rico December 9th to 16th, and we're booked, and we can't wait till we go there. However, on a side note, we do want to send out prayers to families and friends affected by Hurricane Irma in that whole area. All the islands that we'll be visiting are basically a target for Irma, so we really hope everyone stays safe. And we just heard today that Jose is coming on the same path. So holy crap, everybody down there, stay safe and our thoughts are with you. 
So if you've ever attended an STC takeover event, then you know that the amazing job that they do creating the ultimate erotic setting. STC has been hosting swinger travel events since 2006, and they showcase sexy fun couples from around the world, offering sensual theme nights, exotic pool parties, sexy playrooms. The opportunities are endless. And the opportunities, the possibilities, and the fantasies are all endless. So STC were the first to do a lifestyle cruise on a smaller, more intimate, boutique-style five-star cruise ship. And their upcoming Caribbean Dreams cruise will be their sixth lifestyle cruise event visiting, well, the beautiful Caribbean island starting in San Juan. We were looking at some pictures today, and it seems like some of the trees are missing some of that foliage and greenage. So <laughs> pray that they'll grow back before we They'll grow there. back, or yeah. we'll just have fun on the ship. Yeah. So join us on the SEC cruise in December by checking out our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for all the details. Right. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? So send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. And today we have the sexologist Stephanie Threadgill from the Sex Therapy Institute sharing her advice on how to keep your relationship strong through sexual intimacy and connection with your partner. Absolutely. So, Stephanie... We hear the term authenticity often associated with sexual sexuality. How would you describe your idea of that healthy sexual identity? I would say that authenticity is knowing what your pleasure is and your ability to communicate it to somebody else. Really, it's being honest about it to yourself. And finding out what, it, what it's all about and then... Sure. Then admitting it, I guess, right? And then living yeah. that life. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I remember when I had, I'm going to say, almost a sexual revolution when I met David after my first marriage. And I met David and I really learned about what sex, what good sex is all about. That was a sexual revolution. And when I became a swinger a few years later, that was my true identity. When I found that out, I could not believe the spark went off in my head. And I couldn't believe that finally I feel home with my tribe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. But I understand that completely. Right. And, you know, being confident requires a certain amount of self-awareness of body, mind, and senses. How do you use self-confidence to help couples strengthen their relationship? I use really more of an empowerment uh, through personal responsibility. You know, a lot of couples, they, you know, they'll come in and I see, I see my couples individually first. They each have a private session that's confidential. Often one partner will say, well, I'm not turned on. My partner doesn't turn me on anymore. My partner can't get me off. So I, I really try to empower through personal responsibility, like owning your sexual experience, owning how you're participating, being responsible for your own orgasms, your own pleasurable sexual um, experience, um, and not putting that on your partner. And Stephanie, have you ever had a situation where a guy came in and said, you know, my sex life isn't great. I have a hard time talking to my wife about it. I'm really... I really am thinking about, like, we, we, I'd love to have a threesome. And then the wife comes in and said, you know, my sex life with my husband really isn't good. I have, don't have the, the little too shy to talk to him about it, but I'd really like to have a threesome. How do you deal with something where both pieces of the couple are talking the same language, both want to do the same thing, but can't talk to each other about it? Well, I think that's um, largely what sex therapy is for, gaining the comfort level of talking about sex because we're – each time that we meet, we're talking about sex and they're becoming more and more comfortable talking to each other about sex. 
So right, um, I think it's inherent to, in the process. Yeah. You, do you actually help them to talk about sex at home? Do you give them homework? I will give them homework from time to time, but I prefer to do that in session. I'll, my therapeutic approach is, especially for sexual functioning, would be cogn- cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, to treat the anxiety. Most sexual functioning and, and concern issues, concerns and issues are anxiety-related Uh, But I also use a lot of other therapeutic approaches, such as experiential approaches, and and those I want to do in the session with the couple because we learn more and retain more through actual experience than we do hearing or or seeing something. And do you have the couples actually do sexual things in your office? I'm not saying you do it with them, but do you tell them, you know, kiss each other, touch each other, grab his cock, touch your pussy, stuff like that? No, what I do is try to uh, normalize. A lot of times the couples that are coming in, it's, it's, a, it's a desire discrepancy, a frequency discrepancy. So I try to really infuse sensuality in, into their sexuality. So oh, I'll nice. do exercises where I'm trying to give them that experience um, or I'll give them an experience where they're challenged to tell one another what their sexual pleasure is to know whether they are more comfortable giving or receiving, those kind of things. Uh, flirtation, I'll get them, you know, across the room from each other and, you know, ask them to get the other person to come over. So really, so it, you know, we stop flirting a lot in, in long-term relationships. So I'm wanting to go back to the basics, if you will. Yeah, it sounds like you're giving them the one, two, three, start here, and then go there, like the step-by-step so they actually can yes. plan it out and do it and then experience it and feel it. Did they actually feel the intimacy while they're in the room with you? Right. That sounds because great. Because we just have to meet them where they are, right? And, and if, they, if, if a couple hasn't had sex or they're having sex once a year or the, the sexless marriage is, research suggests 10 times or less in a year, uh, they're not going to be ready for, you know, touch my cock, touch my balls. That no, kind of right, right. And, and it's, you know, it's funny too much that you, anxiety. It's funny you bring that up because our show last week with Maureen McGrath, which was called How to Fix a Sexless Marriage, we spoke about how couples who are having sex, you know, 10 to 12 times a year is considered a sexless marriage. And the point I brought up was, was that I place baseball with a whole bunch of guys who don't have sex more than on their birthday or anniversary, which is once mm-hmm. a year. And they think it's okay, it's normal, and yes. it's like I'm telling them, guys, you got to talk about this because, first of all, sex is so primal, you have to have it, it's healthy, it keeps you healthy, and if you're sitting there, you know, they sit at the park and they joke about, yeah, yeah my wife, uh, if I can only get it twice a year, blah, 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 I'd be happy, I'd get double what I normally used to getting, but, you know, psychologically and physiologically, it's, it's not good. You, people have to have sex. And like you said, women have to learn how to pleasure themselves because once you have sex, orgasms and, and coming are all good for life and keeping yourself happy, healthy, and horny. Sure. Uh, well, and I think a lot of times the narrative is the normalization of sex once a year is, is acceptable or appropriate or, or okay, right? And I have a couple the other day that was, they were in and you know, he said, well, I think she was just, she thought that having sex once a month, that was satisfactory, but she wasn't participating in the sex. So oh, wow. therefore it was as if they weren't having sex at all. Right. right. So that's, that's a real sexless marriage then. Cause she's not even, even the time they do have intercourse, it's not even really enjoyable. Sure. But in, but in her mind, it was, I'm having sex with, I mean, how could you complain? We're having sex once a month. Uh. So when you talk about your therapeutic approach to sexual wellness, 
Can you just give us a little bit of a, uh, an idea of what that means, a therapeutic approach? Is that what you were discussing before? Well, I think it, it comes, it, it's two different approaches. One is, you know, the, the CBT, the experiential, that type of thing. The other is just the idea that it's in the daily. Small steps lead to big change. So investing in yourself communicates your, invest, your level of investment, your, the level of effort, rather. It speaks to the level of investment you have in yourself and the relationship. So if you're, if you're approaching sexuality in the daily and everything that you do, if you're already ready, you don't have to get ready. So if you're turning yourself on, if you're noticing the sex scene in, in, in the everyday um, and you're making an effort to do sexy things, make yourself feel sexy, then you're already ready. You don't cool. have to get ready yeah. for your partner. And what about, what about a self-construction? Uh, we read that on your site. What's that all about? Well, I think it just goes back to, you know, owning your sexuality and that we often turn to others. You know, sexuality is within. It's not something that we can obtain from the external, which I think is what the cultural message is. It's like happiness. It has to come from within. It's an so the self-construction, which seems to me like the opposite of self-destruction, which I think is a, <laughs> almost a natural path for some yeah. people. So I right. love the idea that you put the positive spin on it and you're teaching them how to be self-constructive. I love that idea. Right. And rather than, you know, turn, I, again, I think it goes back to the personal responsibility rather than, you know, a lot of people don't want to own it. Own the, right. well, it's my partner's fault that we're having a dissatisfying sex life. It's my partner's fault that I don't feel validated. It's my partner's fault that I, you know, rather than most most people in my clinical experience have a very difficult time asking for what they really want. Yeah, yeah I agree yeah, with you. We've heard that yeah. a thousand times. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And up next is our sexy myth-busting game with Stephanie from the Sex Therapy Institute. And she is the sexologist. are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? So send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. Every show, we invite our sex experts to bust a few sexy myths. It helps us filter through some of that misinformation that we find out there on the internet, especially when it comes to the topic of sex. Now, it's time to get the real truth about relationships, intimate relationships with Stephanie. So, are you ready, Steph? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Babe, you get to do the first one again, two shows in a row. Hey, my goodness. All right, myth number one. Well, you'll tell us if this is a myth. Fantasizing about something means that you want to do that thing in reality. Uh, That's a myth. You might not want to do it in reality because some of those myths, some of those fantasies can't come. Right, it might turn you on. I mean, if you think about literature, erotica, um, porn, you may be turned on by it and it's it's arousing, but it doesn't necessarily mean you want to have that happen in your, have that sexual experience become a reality. Right, exactly. Beautiful. Okay, I get to do the second myth. Okay, here we go. Fantasizing means you're unhappy with your relationship. Uh, that's a myth. I think that so, um, fantasy is a tool. You know, we, we have the ability to imagine. We have, uh, you know, often the imagined kiss is more powerful than the real one. So I think it's an absolute wonderful tool to turn yourself on. Beautiful. Okay, babe, here's next. Right. You'll discover your true sexual orientation or gender identity if you fantasize. Well, I would say that that goes back to the fantasy versus reality. The research suggests that a lot of, I think it's over like 60% of heterosexual women watch uh, girl-on-girl porn. Uh, doesn't mean that 
that speaks to their orientation. You're absolutely right. I am a prime example. <laughs> yes. I'm not bisexual, but I love girl on girl porn. <laughs> As yes, I and I love you. watching Carol watch girl on girl porn because it turns me on and it adds a lot of spice to our sex life. It works really well. <laughs> All right. How about this one? You need sex to have true intimacy. Um, I would say that that's a myth because what, you know, I see a lot of couples on my couch that. Uh, have a lot of intimacy and great communication, they're best friends, and they're not having sex. Aha, absolutely. So they're independent of each other. So here's one more here. You need to keep your anger and your annoyance to yourself. I would say that that's a myth. Um, Again, communication is so important in your sex life. And I would say, you know what, utilize that anger. Turn it into the passion, you know, have hate sex, make up sex, whatever. (laughs) I hate sex. I haven't heard that one before. Yep. Right? Yep. Hate sex, fight sex, makeup sex, yeah. you know, sex. Just have sex. Just it's have good. Sex. Exactly. Bring- like, I think there's a like, hundred. I have a, a worksheet that I give out to um, my couples, and it's a hundred different words for sex. And I mean, it all kind of, each one has its own alchemy, right? This own right. vibe of that's, that's what comes to mind. That's Beautiful. Fun. All right. Here's the last one. If you aren't having sex, it means you're just not into each other anymore. I would say that um, it's a myth. Uh, Esther Perel, her book, Mating in Captivity, she asks, you know, how can you want what you already have? What I hear most often is, I'm bored, the sex is boring, the sex is routine, it feels like work, the job. Perhaps it's not the person that you're not into, perhaps maybe you're just not into the sex that you're having, it's not worth having. Right, exactly. You need some more passion, you need to do all those things that you talk about to get to get the passion sure. back into it. You know, we, t- we talk about, you know, adding some candles, adding some aroma lights, adding some uh, silk sheets, just changing Sh- up your bedroom. Changing the place in the house. Change, yeah, doing it on the yeah. kitchen table. Yeah. Just, you know, get rid of that same old, same old. Right. Well, and that comes to mind, that brings up uh, an idea too, another myth of, not necessarily a myth, but I think misinformation. You know, men are taught to romance women and that romance and seduction are very different. Romance, you know, get, receiving flowers might give you a, a feeling of warmth, of intimacy, but it perhaps might not make you feel aroused, per se. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I often will tell, you know, my married couples, particularly the men, if you're going to do romantic things, don't tie it to sex. To you know, run a bath for your wife, for your partner, uh, and leave them to relax, right? Uh, because then if you keep connecting the two, Often they'll hear, you're only nice to me when you want something. You're only, you know, uh, giving me affection, non-sexual touch, non-sexual affection when you want something from me. So yeah. I We actually you know, just did bro- that the other night. Romance, we had a romance total- and seduction, seduction. Yeah, we yeah. did that the other night. We had a totally intimate evening. We touched each other. We caressed each other. We aroused each other. We didn't fuck. And we just went to bed and we had a beautiful, nice evening watching a movie, listening to some nice music. And it was it was very, very, very... Well, it was romantic as well. Romantic. Yeah, yeah that's the word nice. I was looking yeah. for. All right, right, Steph. That was so fun. You're thanks. keeping it sexy. <laughs> He's keeping it yes, sexy. Yes. Um, yes. Thanks for those uh, myth-busting skills. Uh, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And up next is our Great Sex Matters segment, all about how intimacy and passion leads to great sex. So just hang on. Quick word here from our sponsor. Lawand is a high-end brand of personal vibrating massagers and accessories dedicated to promoting sexual wellness and overall pleasure. Right. And unlike your average massager, <laughs> babe, Lawand embraces its multifunctionality with innovative new features and premium materials for a more luxurious experience. 
by improving upon that popular model that's been long neglected, which we're not going to say, which we're not going to say the name of, Lewand embraces its role as a symbol of female sexuality. Created by certified sex educator Alicia Sinclair, Lewand is designed with pleasure in mind for all body types, encouraging and empowering, quite literally, intimacy and propounding a sex-positive lifestyle. Yeah, and according to Alicia, who was on our show, while historically wand massagers have been marketed as non-sexual devices, the wand is fully embracing intimate pleasure. And she says, as a sex-positive female-founded company, the wand is redefining the wand massager, a staple pleasure product for women with premium features, attachments, and accessories that will satisfy a wider range of pleasure palette. To find out more, go check out the link on our website at thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? So send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. And now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters and we all deserve it. Right. Today we have the sexologist Stephanie Threadgill from the Sex Therapy Institute with us talking about how to keep sex great. Stephanie, we share so many similar messages and philosophies about sex and sexuality. One of our mottos is, one of your mottos is Sex Matters, which is similar (laughs) to ours, which is Great Sex Matters. And you talk about sexy living, we talk about the sexy lifestyle, and we both advise our listeners to keep keep it it sexy. sexy. So, yes. in, so you know, we're, we're so in sync. And the first time we spoke on the phone, it was so cool how, you know, you helped in the lifestyle community and the key community, alternative communities. And we have similar, you know, messages that we put out there. So just tell us a little bit, you know, we're talking about great sex matters. Tell us why sex matters. I would say whether it's solo sex or partnered sex, Again, sex is ubiquitous. It's, it's in everything that we do. I would also say that sexual dissatisfaction is the number two reason for divorce. So for married couples, I think that that's, that's really important to note. And I would also say that it, sex is, you mentioned earlier, it's primal. You know, sex is a drive. It's healthy. It's, it's good for us. Um, and also, most people, men and women that, that come to see me, report that, that what they really want is to feel desired. And that's really your partner is, is the person that can do that. You know, you can compliment uh, someone on how intelligent they are. Your partner's probably heard that from other people, but you're sexy. I want you. Those are things that, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship, are going to be really important to hear because really the only difference between roommates and a married couple is, is sex. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that everybody wants to be loved. And everybody wants to be mm-hmm. a good lover. Those are basic wants yes. and needs for humans as we as we speak. Now, I know it's easy to talk about how to keep it sexy, but what exactly does that look like? Could you help us with a portrait of how that how that would be every day to keep it sexy and live that sexy lifestyle? I guess what I would say, what I say to my couples, and and what I try to communicate through my social media is to look for the sexy in everything and uh, in the idea of what we focus on grows. So think more about sex. And if you're moving through the world looking for the sexy, you're going to see it, right? You're going to be thinking about sex. Most of the time when I have someone, uh, a couple come in with desire discrepancies, when the lower desire partner says, I just never think about it. 
I'm so uh-huh. busy with all these other things. And so I'm, I'm hoping and encouraging them to really think about their own sexuality and how, how it comes through in how they move, how they, what they wear. So to give you an example, I, one of the posts that, I, that I'm putting up today is um, I always wear stilettos. So they mm-hmm. always make me feel really sexy. So I have, you know, I wear them at home when I'm working from home. I wore them to my daughter's football game when she was cheering at. <laughs> and people were commenting, like, I can't believe you're wearing stilettos to a football game. And I'm like, well, they make me feel sexy, right? And, you know, I always tell my patients and my listeners or followers that I don't do anything. I, I will ch- always challenge myself in what I ask them to do. So I'll do anything oh, that-, that I, you know, I challenge them to do as well. Like, it's a journey together. So I walk my talk. Well, I like the fact that you wear stilettos all the time. David is a shoe fanatic, and, you know, I don't always wear stilettos, but I I do try to wear high heels when I can because it pleases him. So, Steph, do you wear your stilettos in bed? Sometimes. (laughs) Depends. (laughs) Nothing is sexier than shoes behind a woman's shoulders. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, all of the talk about trying to be sexy and think sexy and look for the sexiness in the world uh, so that you're feeling it all the time and you're constantly propagating that sexy feeling. How does that sexy feeling translate into better sex? In my opinion, and, and I can speak from my own experience as well, is when you feel sexy, there's like that low level of arousal within yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, if you're already ready, you don't have to get ready. So I would say that that's, that's how it, it comes through. For yourself, the passion comes from within. Um, so it's not something like you acquire from someone else. Uh, so that's how I think it translates. So you're focused on sexy things. You're focused on the effort. Um, and like I said, the effort largely communicates the investment that you put in yourself. And we all know that self-confidence is one of the components of desire. It's, it's a very attractive quality. And also the level of investment in your partner. Because what I see often, too, is I often encourage couples that are considering divorce, go ahead and do your divorce makeover now before you decide to divorce. And let's see uh. what happens. Oh, so that's a standard thing that people do a divorce makeover. As soon as they're done right. with the one partner, they already change quickly so that when they meet a new partner, they've already got in their minds who they want to be going forward. Well, to attract a partner, right? Because, yeah. you know, to want, to love is to have and to want, to desire is to want and to lust is to take. Mm-hmm. So if I'm all of a sudden single and I haven't been taking care of myself, I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to, you know, probably buy new clothes, really make the effort. I'm not going to, I'm going to be wearing the stilettos and not the flip-flops, right? Um, right. So I'm encouraging them, you know, before you, you leave the relationship, whatever construction that may be, um, consider doing that first and then seeing what happens in the relationship before just moving on to, to the next one. Wow, I really love that. I love that advice. Yeah. Because, you know, it makes such a difference. I know as a, pers- as a person who went through, I guess, through kids and, you, you know, your desire drops a little bit and then so does the lull in your marriage. And then if you want to just give up, that's great. But if you don't want to give up, then put it back in, do the effort yourself and you'll feel a lot sexier. You'll sure. want sex more and your partner is going to see that instantly. instantly. Sure. It's so obvious when you feel sexy. Absolutely. And I also think, too, you know, there's so much talk in, in, the, in our culture and among women of as we age, you know, we're supposed to lose desire. And after kids, you know, we're not going to want sex. And I think that that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you already know you're doomed to have bad sex, it's, it's difficult to try and uh, muster the effort to put it into yourself. So I'm always trying to empower women that you don't have to, that doesn't have to be a given. You don't have to accept that as your reality. 
Right, because it's almost a norm that you you almost expect it because that's what happens. So you've been told and sure. you just have to mm-hmm. go against that. You know, we always say that the sexy lifestyle begins with an open-minded attitude. So how important is attitude in this living sexy model that you describe? I would say it's extremely important because the number one requirement to make any of this change happen is willingness. So having an open mind and challenging all of the cultural beliefs and sexual scripts that you've grown up with is really challenging. So you have to have an open mind and the willingness to put in not just the effort, because a lot of people will complain, like, I want to put in all this effort. This seems like so much work to be married or be in a relationship. And I said, well, I mean, it it would be the same if you were with someone else. You know, relationships are work. It's just not really um, in our culture to, it's not really taught that in our culture. It's like, it's this wonderful thing that's spontaneous and sexual desire is always spontaneous and it just happens and you, you know, you're ravishing each other rather than, yeah, you have to put in the effort. And sometimes it's responsive desire versus spontaneous arousal. And it's, it's so great hearing what you have to say because, you know, we do some workshops which are called Great Sex Matters. And we, we tell people, you know, to spice it up and live happy, healthy and horny. And, you know, couples come in who um, haven't had great sex for years and years. And we make a point to say it's so much easier to try and start again, like you were saying, with each other than to go mm-hmm. outside and put in that effort to, to do it all. So we always say it's never too late to start again. Well, because we're not the same people when we met our partners. I think that when you meet your partner and you've been with that person long term, there's this idea that I know everything about my partner. Well, we're changing, mm-hmm. hopefully, every day, yes. <laughs> right, and growing and changing. And maybe um, maybe nipple stimulation or nipple orgasm was, was a huge turn on um, early, but... I've had breast dog or I've had children or I'm, I'm older and maybe there's a different erogenous zone or a different go-to spot or technique or whatnot that, I, that I'm turned on by now. And I think that people just assume that they know what t- turns their partner on and, and the other person really doesn't feel comfortable correcting them or not correcting, but communicating that, oh, hey, this is a new turn on for me or that's not really a, something that I like anymore because, you know, they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings. Yeah, and, you know, we, um, we meet people all the time and we do parties. And one of the things that as people age, well, we tell them is use lube. You know, so <laughs> much as, as you age changes and sometimes you know sex isn't as good as it was when you were in your 20s and just by adding I won't even say a little lube a lot of lube (laughs) either the guy putting it on his cock or I love it Mm -hmm. when Carol takes lube and strokes my cock with it because that's all about the foreplay and the arousal and then you know I don't I take out the lube and I just rub her pussy on the outside to get all the blood flowing down there without you know getting into the sex and the foreplay and the lube gets everything going and you know we have friends who'll say no 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 we don't need, we don't need yeah. lube we never needed oh, yeah. lube we're not going to use lube yeah, we're not and, going and there's sure. so many good lubes out there whether they be you know um joe or pure which you can actually use it a woman could suck a cock or you can lick a pussy and there's no flavor no aroma yeah, it, it's no like taste. totally neutral mm-hmm. no taste and it's like guys just use lube and your sex life by itself will improve. Right. But I mean, if you think about the, the message, it, it all comes down to ego. I, I get that a lot. Um, right. I, I'm such a, an advocate for lube for no matter how old you are, no matter what sexual activity, there's a reason why there are so many lubes. <laughs> there's a lube for everything and for all different types of people and issues. And um, I keep it in my office. I give out samples because it's that idea of she is really turned on or I'm doing a really good job pleasing her or... Uh, you know, I'm such a good lover because she's so wet. 
And, yeah. you know, I try to remind them, well, it depends on what stage in her menstrual cycle she's in. Uh-huh. It depends on so many other factors, right? Um, it, it, it's not, just as a, an erection is not a barometer of sexual desire or performance either. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we wake not, up you're having every morning. dreams every night, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a hormonal reaction. So right, I, yeah. I really try to, de- to debunk that myth because it can lead to so much more comfort for women, whether you're 20 or older. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, I think it's time now for some real advice. You know, one of your messages, and you said it earlier, is that small steps lead to big change. Tell our listeners what three small steps they might take like right now that might help them add some passion and intimacy back into their relationship and have some better sex even tonight. So one of the quotes that I use a lot, um, especially with the sexologist, is, from Kinsey, and it's, in fact, good health, sufficient exercise, and plenty of sleep still remain the most effective of the aphrodisiacs known to man. So I think it's, it's largely overlooked how powerful those three things are in our lives and how it impacts our sexuality. You know, if you are not getting enough sleep and, and you live a very busy lifestyle, you're going to be low energy, and that is going to impact your sexuality, what you eat, uh, you know, how you feel your body, and also exercise. You know, if you have really good stamina... Your sex life can, can improve, right? So I, I really try to uh, encourage couples and individuals to really take care of themselves, practice self-care with sleep, exercise, and um, good health nutrition. Another tip I would give for tonight is to sleep naked. You know, that's wow. skin contact. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, we release oxytocin just from skin-to-skin contact. And also, too, it, it just increases your chances of having sex. I mean, the, the likelihood, right? We, we all want to create that context. Like, what can I do to create the context that I'm more likely to have sex? And I often get the pushback of, oh, but then my partner's going to be all over me. And I said, well, yeah. you know what? Uh, maybe after a week, probably not. But at least you're, you're closer. You're, you're skin to skin. You're, you're connecting. And that, that's important. Even if, even if it doesn't lead to sex, per se, you're still leading to your, your connecting on some level which I hear as another thing other than feeling desired, feeling connected is something that they often are wanting. Another piece of advice I would give for tonight is, you know, create those components of desire that are inherent when you first meet somebody. So the mystery and spontaneity, ambiguity, you know, unpredictability. So let's say on a Friday night you have a date night and you typically go to the same restaurant and you know, the, the dialogue is, okay, I'll, I'll be at home at seven and we'll go to this restaurant. Well, one partner comes home and there is maybe a glass of wine or sparkling water and a note that says, I ran a bath for you, uh, wear that sexy dress, that sexy dress I love. I'll pick uh-huh. you up at seven. You're doing the same thing. You're going out to dinner on a Friday night, but you've already created all of these components of desire. You have the, uh, the unexpectedness and unpredictability. You have the mystery. You don't know where you're going. Um, you also have the seduction of, oh my gosh, that, that attention to detail, my partner remembered that red dress and you kind of feel sexy in that because, wow, that's something that my partner remembered. Just those little things, even though you're doing the same thing, really the only difference is a note and a glass of wine and a bath. You know, wow. that takes, what, 10 minutes, right? So that's where, I, that's where I really stress the small steps lead to big change. That wow, a level of that. effort to do that really was not very intensive but it can make a huge difference. Um, another example would be using sexy language versus love language. You know, rather uh-huh. than I love you, I want you. Rather than you look nice in that shirt. You look hot in that shirt. You yeah. know, you're such a good partner. You're so bad. You know, I mean, flirting is breaking rapport. Um, I find that so many 
couples, they, they agree on everything or they, you know, they're in that best friendship mode and there's no break of rapport to create that, that desire. Wow. All of that is wonderful advice. Steph, that yeah. was just amazing. And wow, what a great, um, insightful discussion about keeping it sexy every day and even tonight. Thanks so much for being here and sharing um, all that great advice. Uh, why don't you take one minute and tell people how they can uh, reach out to you and uh, find out more of what you do? Sure. So, so my private practice is the Sex Therapy Institute. and uh, That's also the name of the website for sex therapy. Um, in terms of my my the sexologist brand, that's the name of my website, thesexologist.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am your sexologist on Twitter at underscore the sexologist. Fantastic. Super. Thanks so much, Steph. Thank um, you so, so much for having me and I love that we share so much of the same a vision um, and messages for our our listeners. It's no, very, it's very cool. So we're learning more and more every week uh, with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters. And you deserve it. We encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. You can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, radio show guest page, and you'll see all our amazing sexperts right there. Look them up and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's our show for today. A big thank you to our special guest, the sexologist Stephanie Threadgill, and a special thanks to everybody out there listening. We've now surpassed 100,000 listeners in 60 countries. Thanks which for is, your support, everyone. Just amazing. And, you know, um, we only started in January, so we're looking forward to another uh, great year coming up. So thanks, everybody, for, for, for listening. Remember to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and sign up on sdc.com for one month free using our promo code 30314. And coming up is our Naughty in L.A. and Naughty Cruise from September 30th to October 7th. We got the Lux Social Club in Chicago. We're going to be there on October 21. Join us right there. Yeah, we're going to be broadcasting our show live from the Lux, so come on see us in Chicago. We're going to the Everything to Do with Sex Show in Toronto, November 24th to 26th. And we said already the SDC Caribbean Cruise, December 9 to 16. And then we're off to Hito Kamasutra in Jamaica, January 20th to 27th. And all this information is on our website at thesexylifestyle.com or just send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. So, Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, where we'll be talking to TV celebrity dating coach and relationship expert, Demona Hoffman, from Dates and Mates, and seen on A&E and FYI TV. We are Carol and David, reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 